Hello and welcome to Journal Sessions on the Bold Love Podcast with Pastor Bob Roberts Jr. Journal Sessions is a weekly podcast that features a look inside of Pastor Bob's journal as he talks about the things that he's been thinking about deeply and praying about deeply, along with stories from his journey. On this week's Journal Sessions, Pastor Bob talks about a movement of generosity and some incredible stories of how he was surprised by generosity. I want to talk to you about something I'm really passionate about, generosity. Can I just tell you, I love to give. Most of us as preachers don't think a lot about giving. If anything, we like to receive. You know, there's the anniversary, give me something. There's the uh, Christmas present, give me something. And, And I know a lot of times preachers get the reputation that we really like to get more than we give. My dad told me the story of a a pastor who served on the staff with him. And this guy would go up on the stage and in his shoes, he would have holes in them. And he would deliberately cross his legs and just dangle his foot so people could see the hole in the soles of his shoes. So they'd go out and buy him a pair of shoes. Now, I understand ministry's tough. And sometimes in the ministry, you don't always make a lot of money or you don't make what you could make if you were doing something else. But we have to have a proper understanding of giving and generosity. And when we do, it makes all the difference in the world, in our life, in our ministry, in everything. Do you like to give? There's something about giving. I love to give gifts. Uh, Not long ago, uh, you know, uh, Daniel Lankford gave me the most incredible gift. I travel all over the world, and there's this one particular Toomey backpack. And it's a special style. They they don't make it anymore. I used one in the 90s when I was going to Vietnam and tore it up. And then in the 2000s when I was going to Vietnam and Afghanistan, really wore that out. And then I got another one. And I've tried every Toomey backpack since then. And, And I can't stand it because that old backpack, there's a special way that I can pack. So I got the old backpack that's no good. Uh, about three years ago. And I said, I just don't like all these others that I try to use. And I went back to the old one. And so the other day I come into my office and Daniel brings in this big uh, gift and it's literally a brand new, but it's leather. It's not ballistic. It's not the black ballistic. It's leather. And I was really grateful for that thing. And he told me, he said, Bob, it didn't cost that much. It didn't matter to me. It wasn't a matter of whether it cost him 10 bucks or 20 bucks or or $400, he found something that he knew I would like and he got it. And it's fun to get somebody something when they appreciate it, isn't it? I mean, Christmas, when you get your kids, isn't it bad when you get your kids stuff for Christmas and they go, I don't want that. Or you're at the grandparents and they go, no way. Oh, they got me this, you know, or, or whatever. Well, there's something about generosity, and let's start a movement. Here's our movement. Preachers are the most generous people around. That's a good movement, and some are. So let's just think about it. And there's not a better uh, part of the Bible than 2 Corinthians 8 and 9 that talks about giving and generosity. So, So let me just give you about seven principles very briefly about generosity that if you'll take them to heart, they'll rock your world. Now, I hate to tell you this. They're not going to make you rich. Paul's our model. Paul gave all those promises about giving and how to be content and how to live. Poor old Paul. It's too bad he didn't live up to that. Maybe he wouldn't have died broke. 
Generosity is not about giving to get. It's giving because you've already got. You have the Son of God. You have the Word of God. You have the presence of the Spirit living inside of you. You got it all, people. So if you understand that and you start from that perspective, then it's not a matter of how much you wind up with when you die, but a matter of how much of a channel are you throughout your life. So here's the first thing. If you're going to be a generous person, start young. So wherever you are today in your giving or not, start giving. And if you're already giving, give more. Start giving. I remember my dad taught me when I was a little boy to tithe. Now, I know a lot of people say, well, tithing's the Old Testament. And, and it's true. Uh, Jesus didn't do away with it. Uh, but at the same time, he didn't endorse it. So you could build a case either way. But I like what this guy named Adrian Rogers said. He said, grace giving, if you want to do that, do it. But any Christian that's going to give by grace that doesn't give more than 10%, which is at a minimum of law, is a disgrace to grace. A lot of people who have a problem with tithing, it's not that they want to do more than tithing. And it's a way now to free the church, but it's they want to do a lot less than tithing. And since that's the law, I don't have to give as much. Come on, people. Grace goes far beyond the law. So how do you do it? Start young. When I was a little boy, my dad uh, I remember one day I, I got my first job. I was so excited, and I was mowing a yard. It was eight bucks. I got through. I'm hot, sweaty. I was always a fat little kid, and there's a picture that I have of me. I tried to find it, but I'm about eight years old, and I'm standing behind the lawnmower, and in one hand, I have a $5 bill. In the other hand, I have three ones, and I'm so proud of that $8, and so I sit down, and I'm drinking some water right after my dad took that picture. And he said, now, Bobby Jean, you know that 80 cents of that belongs to the Lord. And man, I thought to myself, Lord wasn't out there mowing that yard with me. <laughs> what do you mean 80 cents belongs to that? Well, we're supposed to give 10% of everything we make. What? That's 80 cents. I didn't want to give that 80 cents. <laughs> but the more I thought about it, I thought, okay, well, if that's the way it is. And so I did. I didn't give 80 cents. I went ahead and just gave a dollar, even it up. I didn't want two dimes rattling around in my pocket. I started young. And one of the things I would say to you is wherever you are in your life, start giving. But man, if you can start as a child and mom and dad, if you can help your children start giving when they're little, it's everything. If you'll help them start giving when they're young, they'll keep giving when they're older. And listen, I'm a big believer in grace giving. So yeah, I give 10% to our budget and I give so much to missions and I give so much to the ministries that we do. And I give some to other new church plants and I give other to other ministries and I even give to non-Christian charities. Oh my gosh, I'm going to hell now, aren't I? I, I want to challenge you. If you will challenge your children early in their life, they'll start giving and, and it'll stay with them their whole life. The second thing is, Giving has nothing to do with how much money you have. Nothing. Some people get the idea, you know, once I have money, I'm going to start giving. Well, Jesus, what did he say the model giver was? It was the widow with the two mites. She gave all she had. And it's a lot harder. Let me tell you, it's a lot harder for somebody who's barely getting by with three kids and is a single parent on 50K a year. It's a lot harder for that person to tithe. And there is two incomes of a husband and wife and kids uh, where, where there's more money. Sometimes the, the less your income is, the harder it is to tithe and the harder it is to give. But 
he never says that you've got to give this much to please God. I do believe tithing is the start, but giving in generosity really has nothing to do with how much you've got. I love 2 Corinthians 8, 12, because this is the picture of people that are giving in generosity, and it's the church in Macedonia, and they're helping the needs of others. And Paul's right, the church in Corinth, because some of them are struggling, the church in Jerusalem, and they're trying to raise money. And Paul makes a statement in 2 Corinthians 8, 12. He says, in a severe test of their affliction, out of the abundance of joy, that's the only thing they had a lot of, and in their extreme poverty, have overflowed in a wealth of generosity. Let me tell you something. Some of the most generous people in the world are poor people, not rich people. Poor people will give the last thing on their plate. Poor people will invite you to eat a meal with them. Poor people will use everything they've got to help you out. Generosity has nothing to do with how much you have but that you give from your heart something God puts on your heart. Here's the third thing about generosity. It's going to require multiple spiritual disciplines. You read it for yourself. 2 Corinthians uh, 8 and 9, it talks about how they need to give, and how they've got to give in faith, how they have to give beyond measure that they can see. It requires discernment. It demands genuine love. It even demands a plan. He tells him, he said, you've been working on this for a long time now since last year. Come on, guys, get with it. I'm going to come through. I want to have something that I can take to the church in Jerusalem. All of those things require discipline. You know, a lot of us wait for somebody to grab our heartstrings to give. Tell a story, Lassie was hit by a car and she's barely surviving at the vet clinic. So we got to hurry up and take up an offer for Lassie, you know, and they capture our hearts and we're emotional givers. God wants you to be more than an emotional giver. He wants you to be an intentional giver. And what that demands is that you think about every single thing that you give and how you're going to give and, and how you're going to measure it out. I've, I've always loved to give, not because I had a lot to give, but I've just loved to give. Here's another thing. It's not about just the money that you give. It's far more than the money. I mean, it's everything. I like what 2 Corinthians 8, 9 says, Christ, though rich for your sakes, became poor, that by his poverty, you've become rich. What's he talking about? He's talking about salvation. He empties himself of heaven. He empties himself of being uh, with the Father, with the, with the Spirit there. He empties himself of everything he has as part of the Godhead. And look at what he does. It's about your time. It's your talents, your treasure. I hate it when somebody wealthy says, you know, I'm just going to give you money because I don't have time. Well, you keep your money. It's not about your money. It's about your time. It's about your talents. It's about your treasure. It's about all of that. It's about giving of what you have. I have a friend. I've got a lot of friends. And this friend is, is not a Christian. They're a different religion. They live somewhere overseas. I got a bunch of friends like this, but uh, this particular friend uh, somebody sent me an article about him, and I never knew this. I figured he had a lot of money, but supposedly he's a multi-billionaire. He's never given me one dime. I've never asked him for a dime. But man, I love to meet with him, and we talk, and he teaches me things, and I've known him for 15 years or more. And nobody has helped me more in understanding Muslims and the Middle East and, and all this kind of stuff. It is invaluable. I, I could go get a master's degree 
on Islam and the Middle East and everything else. And yet what this man has given me is worth far more than that. You have a lot to offer in your knowledge, in the information that you can pass on. You've got so much God's given you. And people are hungry for that. So don't think it's just about your money. Uh, here's the fifth, fifth thing I would say. It's tied to gratitude and contentment. It's tied to gratitude and contentment. When I was in uh, Greece a little while ago, a few months back on vacation with my wife, uh, I, I was stunned when I went to the Acropolis, you know, right by Mars Hill, and they're, they're really connected to one another. And I'm seeing all these little sayings that Socrates said, and I found out Paul actually said a lot of the same sayings. I wonder why. Where did he get them from? Well, he saw them from Socrates. And believe it or not, Socrates said, be content, which blew me away. But Paul says, I've learned whatever state I'm in to be content. And the point of his sufficiency is in Christ. If you go read Philippians 4, 11 through 12. And so there's a sense of contentment that God's in control of everything, and I can be content, and I'm grateful for what he's done. You know, 2 Corinthians 9, 8 says, God loves a cheerful giver. What is he talking about? He's talking about when we give, it's the attitude we're giving out of gratitude for all that God's done. You know, this 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 uh, man my dad told me about once when my dad was pastoring, uh, you know, got a new job and was making a tremendous amount of money. And he said, Brother Bob, I want you to just pray for me. He said, all right. He said, what's the deal? He said, well, when I was making that other salary, it wasn't that big of a deal to tithe because I wasn't making a lot of money. It wasn't near as much. And now I've got this new job and I'm making four or five times as much. And it's hard for me to write that check. My dad began to pray and he said, Lord, just help Jim today. And Lord, if it means giving him that old job back where it's easier for him to give his 10%, just give him his old job back if he can't be grateful in his new job. And boy, my dad said to me, he said, I'm going to be fine, Bob. Don't worry. I'm going to keep on talking. We need to be grateful for what God has given us. We can look at somebody else and go, look at what they've got. And then we don't appreciate what God's given us. It's all relative. I heard uh, Warren Buffett say the other day, you know, people talk about how the kids, our kids are not going to do as good as we did because there's not as much money and resources. He said, everybody who's been born after 1940, I think was a year used, uh, is far better off than every king who ever lived before then. He said, you're living better than the king of France, the king of England, because of things that you have and resources. Uh, I just I just want to say, look at what you have and 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 be grateful for what you have. And and God's got your back. He He gave you what you have. He gave you that job. You'll be fine. Here's a sixth thing. Giving like this promotes recipro reciprocity. It's a hard word to say, but it promotes reciprocity. Uh, I like what Second uh, Corinthians 8, 13 and 15 says. It says, he says, for I do not mean that others should be eased and you burdened, but that as a matter of fairness, your abundance at the present time should supply their need so that their abundance may supply your need, that there may be fairness. Isn't that interesting? He's saying, look, right now you've got abundance, but they, they can't even get by down the line. In other words, what it really means is in the Greek is what goes around comes around. And he's saying you need to be ready because you're going to have needs. 
And if we build this culture of generosity and reciprocity, it's where we give back and, and we're in this family thing together, we're going to watch out for one another. Your abundance is there for their lack, and their abundance is there for your lack. Don't, don't, don't ever, you know, I've heard some people, you know, they give a seed offering because they're going to plant a seed, so God's going to give them a hundredfold of this. He's already given you a hundredfold. He's given you eternity. He's given you heaven. He's given you the Holy Spirit. He's given you the Word of God. He's given you a church, the body of Christ. He's, he's given you everything you've got. Don't be greedy. Stingy, greedy people are never generous. And then here's the seventh and final thing. In your giving, it's going to grow with time. It's going to grow with time. Let me read for you, to you, if I could, 2 Corinthians uh, verses 10 through 13. says, He who supplied seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You'll be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. For the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. Isn't that beautiful? I remember my wife and I, we would tithe, and, and uh, then after we tithed, we would start giving to some missions offerings, and that was hard for us, but we did it. Then we had to do a building campaign, and we began to give. And then we started starting all these churches, and so sometimes we'd pick out a church, and we'd begin to give to that church. And, and then I heard about somebody who gave in our church who was actually giving. They're not a wealthy person. They weren't back then. They were actually giving 20% of their income, and that just stood out in my mind, and I thought, wow, wouldn't that be cool? Now, here's a church member, and uh, they're not a wealthy person, but they're doing this. I thought, I wonder if I could do that. And over time, each year, my wife and I would set as a goal to give more and more and more. And, and here's what I've learned. God really, when he sees us as a channel, will just pour so much stuff through us. And he's going to take care of you. He, he's going, it's going to be a blessing. There's going to be the overflowing. But when he finds someone who's not greedy, and, and, and when he gives us stuff, we'll then allow it to go through, then he's going to bless it. And so how much ever I give is between me and the Lord. Let me just say this. My wife and I, we give, we give a whole lot more than 10%. And even to this day, we're constantly looking for more stuff to give. God laid on our heart not long ago, somebody that we ought to help who's a very elderly person. And I, I shared with Nikki, I thought, you know, we ought to help this person. What do you think? And so we began to pray about a number and we did that. And then God began to speak to my heart about seminary I went to. They're having a hard time financially. And I texted Nikki and I said, hey, Nikki, maybe we need to help them. You know, I know Baptists give me a hard time because I'm a crazy Baptist, but I love this seminary and, and maybe we ought to help out. And so I love to give. So my wife and I, when we look at our giving statement, it's we get excited about it. And I get excited about what I give to Northwood and what I give outside of Northwood and all those things. About four years ago, when I began to do all the things that I'm doing and I ceased to be the senior pastor, we didn't give less. We actually wound up giving more. And I remember as Nikki and I were praying about how to balance all this, because we're still at Northwood, so we want to keep doing what we're doing. And we still give to missions and we're still involved in ministries and I'm starting all these things. So, God, how do we do this? 
And so we just trusted God because there's no guarantees for, for anybody, really. But uh, we were taking a step of faith, and we don't always know how everything's going to be. The craziest thing started happening. In our ministries that God's given us, begin to raise money like never before. I mean, the first year we we barely got by, and then it almost tripled the end of the next year. And, and I thought, what is going on? And foundations begin to come beside us, and other people came beside us. And, and, and God has, has blessed us in a tremendous way. And do you know what I realized? This verse right here. My whole life, I've been sowing seeds. And I didn't sow them in order to get anything. But we would spend a lot of money in starting churches, and we would sacrifice in that area financially. And we would give to other ministries, and we would sacrifice and go into countries and working and serving, doing humanitarian work. And what I didn't realize is we were building a narrative and a story. And when we got out there full time and we had to raise all this money, and we wound up with a staff now, there's nine of us. All of a sudden, I begin to realize God spoke to me. He said, this is it, Bob. He has supplied seed to the sower, bread that will supply and multiply your seed for sowing increased in the harvest of your righteousness. And what I realized was, in my life, giving wasn't emotional. It was an act of discipleship. I'm not saying I didn't get emotional about it ever once in a while, but it wasn't. My giving was not dependent upon some preacher using guilt, shame, sorrow, or compassion to make me give. I gave and still give what I gave because God spoke to my heart about it, and in faith, I would stretch out. I want to encourage you to stretch out and see what He'll do through you. And hey, let me say this. God's blessing us profoundly right now financially, but you know what? Chances are, we're going to go through some lean times in the future. Paul did. The apostles did. The point is, he owns it all. He just wants us to be a channel, and we need to let that happen. I love the way 1 Corinthians 9, 2 Corinthians 9, 15 concludes. Thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. In other words, Paul's concluding with this. He's saying, okay, guys. Now, y'all have been slow in taking that offering up and send it in. Come on. Let's get on with it. And after having said everything I've told you about giving, go back and read those two chapters. They are so good. Don't forget what he gave you. Give. Give your treasure, your time, your talent. And just watch God multiply. Not make you rich. Watch him multiply it. Will. Thank you so much for joining us for journal sessions with Pastor Bob Roberts Jr. on the Bold Love Podcast. If you were impacted by this conversation, we would like to ask a favor. First, if you found this episode impactful, please share it on social media and recommend it to a friend. Second, like most podcasts, we are able to make these impactful conversations happen with support from partnering organizations and individuals like you. If you felt led to support these type of conversations, you can do so now and give at support.boldlovepodcast.com.
podcast.com. Whether it's a seasonal gift or a monthly donation, we are so thankful for you. For more information on this podcast, show notes, and any other references, you can go to boldlovepodcast.com to get all the information there. We appreciate you joining us. And remember on the Bold Love Podcast, we encourage you to live out your faith boldly, learn how to better love your neighbor, and learn how to relate to others despite your differences without compromising your faith. See you next time. Thank you.